Okay, so here's the deal. I did not want to do this workshop <laughs> for some fairly obvious reasons. Like, really? You're going to stick me in the middle of letter lead? Like, really? We're going to get into this topic? I was so thankful, and clearly, this was my defining moment when Pastor Brady told me what he was going to be teaching on this morning. God loves me best. <laughs> he just so loves me best because Scott McKnight and Brady Boyd kind of unpacking this topic before I ever had to talk about it rocked my world just to know that, okay, so, but I sat there taking good notes this morning thinking, okay, I just want to make sure that anything that I have put in my PowerPoint doesn't contradict <laughs> or say anything that is sort of, you know, out of line or not completely in line or, you know, I mean, he's my boss, let's face it. <laughs> you know, first and foremost is before the Lord, but Pastor Brady's my boss. So I want to make sure that what I'm about to talk about with you guys lined up. So again, I was just so thankful. And here's the thing. I'm not going to get into the all of the ins and the outs with you guys. I figure you already know this. You're women and kin. And, but you're here. You already get the argument. You already get, and you've probably researched the scriptures. And today was such a great validation, I thought, of some of those scriptures. I mean, some of it kind of made me go, don't say Paul didn't write that. Don't say that. Oh, did that make anybody else kind of like cringe? Tilly unpacked it a little bit because I thought, oh, here, we're going to just get big rocks thrown right at your head, right here, right on stage. But I loved just the way that they unpacked, truly, and made the scriptures just go, okay, that just helped me. Did anybody else, who, where's, there you are. Tell them what you said when you came in. Trisha. Right, right. Do everybody hear? I mean, we just sort of go with it because it's the word of God. But to really get a little bit of, I call it narrative, put a little bit of narrative behind it. It's like, oh, wow, that just makes sense. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to try and take us into a bit of a different direction. Um, and hopefully this next hour, uh, and less than that now, is just a time where we can kind of have some ahas. Okay, you may not walk out of here with any great shakes revelations today, but I want to give you a couple of ahas that I have learned along the way. As a woman in leadership, uh, I was 20 years at Focus on the Family in a senior position at Focus, vice president and then senior vice president. And I worked, frankly, with a cabinet full, executive cabinet of men. Male-dominated culture meets the church male-dominated culture, right? And so I just want to share with you basically some of the things I've learned, good lessons, hard lessons, uh, some of the things I've read, some of the things I've tried to educate myself on, and then some of the things that I've really had to change in order to earn the right to be heard. 
Okay? All right, so we're going to unpack just a couple of things. We're going to do a little exercise at the end of this. And I've already uh, told our sound guy back there, we're not recording it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you will not be able to hold this against me. Okay, so begs the question, let her lead. Let her lead. So who is letting her lead? I mean, I love the title of Pastor Brady's book, but you've got to identify the who. Who's letting her lead? Who's her? Okay, so we're going to unpack this a little bit and define lead. All right, so, you know, as we learned this morning, and as we all know, first thing we got to do is go to the Word. So 1 Corinthians 11, 11 through 12. But among the Lord's people, you can go ahead and change slide. Among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. Now, there's a big aha for us. I mean, we live in this world. We cohabitate in this world, men and women. We are not independent of one another. And furthermore, for although the first woman came from man, every other man, I just love that. I could so see, you know, saying that with such attitude. And every other man was born from a woman. Uh-huh. Can I hear an amen? Can I get some talk? Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you. All right. And everything comes from God. Like, we could just say, period, the end, have a nap, love you guys. Because right there it is. We live this side of heaven. We're going to live in and among our brethren, our husbands, our sons, our daughters, our future son-in-laws. We are going to co-mingle one with another. And everything, that's good, we're going to come back to that. Everything comes from God, a basic principle. God is not only letting her lead, God is instructing us to lead. He is instructing us. He has given us his word to teach, rebuke, correct, and train, and lead. I loved what they said this morning. What was it? Uh, the What did women do? WDWD, you know? Wasn't that so cool? It's like, okay, bracelets. Um, you know, what do women do in the Bible? There's so many fabulous examples of women in the Bible. And we could just unpack those and say, okay, they were allowed to do all of these things. Teach, train, rebuke, correct, prophesy. All of these are gifts given to us. And we're going to get into the stewardship of that. So here comes my question to you. Who are you? Okay. Trusting in God's calling on your life. That's the first question that you have to answer as a woman. Do you trust in God's call on your life? How you answer that determines your attitude, your next step, and where you go with that. So again, we're going to go to Scripture. We're going to look at Deborah here just for a little bit from Judges. Deborah, the wife of... Now, I'm going to slaughter these names. Okay, so Lapidoth was a prophet, and we heard that this morning. Deborah was a prophet, a well-respected, well-educated woman. She was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Wow. Now, that's a rock star woman right there. Okay, she has earned the right to be heard. So Deborah was first child of God, and her calling was to the Lord first. 
Ladies, get this. Your calling, your purpose, who you are, first and foremost, is prayerfully, you answer it this way, to the Lord first. You are first and foremost his daughter. He is your savior. You report to him. He's the one you look to. He is the one you seek. He is who all of your affirmation and approval, first and foremost, comes from. So who are you? Knowing who you are and knowing whose you are is an important question as we unpack letter lead, okay? Because there's going to be some things that you're going to walk through this world. I love how he differentiated this morning between culture and world. We're going to walk through this world, this side of heaven. We're going to walk it out. If I know who I am and if I know whose I am, a lot of the other things will start to diminish in light of that. Molehills can really maintain their size and shape as molehills without making them into mountains. Okay, so knowing who you are and knowing whose you are. Deborah was a prophet, but she listened to the voice of God and was ready to be used by him. Deborah was also a wife. Okay, again, when I say who are you, what are the first things you think of? Usually it's your name. Okay, so who are you? Catherine, who are you? Child of God, who are you? Christ bride, who are you? I'm a mom. <laughs> mom, okay, who are you? I'm a wife. She's a wife. Okay, you see, when you ask that question five times, you kind of start getting down to the heart of, like, uh, I'm so-and-so, I'm Lee Lauren and Buck's mom, I'm Tommy's wife. Oh, I'm a pastor, that's right, I have a name tag. I am a pastor at New Life Church. I'm Landon Jackson and Brody's Nana. I'm, you know, we start identifying and we start kind of unpacking who are you. But again, who I am has to be in light of whose I am. I have to get, you've got to get this. You've got to get who you are in order to walk out the calling that God has on you if you're in leadership. So Deborah was a wife. She was a prophet. She answered to the Lord. Her call was first to the Lord and then to her husband, family, and then her ministry. Okay? Deborah was a leader with spiritual authority. Wow. As a woman. So who's letting her lead? God's letting her lead. God's calling her to lead. God's equipping her to lead. Deborah was a leader of Israel who must have also been a very good listener. People came to her with their problems to seek wisdom, grace, and justice. Deborah had earned the right to be heard. So unpacking Deborah a little bit, she was a servant leader. Are you a servant leader? Or are you an authoritative leader? When you walk around with your name badge on, whatever it says or whatever your role is, do you use that? Or is that merely an identifier? There's a big difference there. As a servant leader, women earn the right to be heard. So do men, but we're just focusing on women right now. Be a leader who asks, what can I do to help? Not, get me that, get me this. That's not my job. That's your job. You can see the difference. We're boiling everything down to tone today. We're going to get to tone because it's critical. Communication is critical in tone, actual words used, 
and body language. Be a leader who looks for opportunities to go to battle for your team. If you are a woman in authority, if you have people who report to you, and I'm also including mamas, your children, okay? You have a sphere of influence. Some of you who are single, you have a sphere of influence because there are people that look to you because you're leading in something whether you realize it or not, okay? Deborah was ready to fight with Barack and for her people. Be willing to serve no matter the cost. Deborah risked her life for the sake of her leader and her people. Next slide. Be a source of strength to the leaders. Be a source of strength to those who you report to and those who report up to you, okay? Barack didn't want to go to battle without Deborah. Why? He must have felt some kind of competence and confidence from Deborah. Deborah was confident because she was competent. Things that we are studied up on and that we know brings us a confidence to lead in that category or speak on that category. Like if you say to me right now, okay, Yvette, I'd like for you to do a 30-minute workshop on um, auto mechanics. Okay, I'm not going to have a clue. I don't even know how to start. Like here's my auto mechanics workshop. Hello, uh, Jiffy Lube? Yeah, <laughs> what, you know, Siri, get me big O tires on the phone. Get me Toyota. I don't know the first thing about auto mechanics. So I'm not competent, therefore I'm not confident. But as we heard this morning, as women were being taught and as they were learning and as they were leading, they were confident. Therefore, people, men, Barack, wanted them to go with them and be a part of and come with because she knew what she was talking about, right? But she had the attributes of a servant leader. She had the attributes that he needed. You can have an influence without telling leaders above you and below you what to do. Deborah let Barack make the decision to take her to battle, and when she spoke truth to him, Barack listened. She had influence with him because of the way she led. You need to, when you leave and get a few minutes, go read the whole story about Deborah. It's a great story. All right, so here's a big fact. Here's the big fact. Men and women are different. The end. Thank you for attending. I'd like to thank you all for coming this afternoon. Duh. Really? We are. We got to get this, ladies. If any of you are struggling personally with needing to be like, wanting to be more like, get over it. You're a female. It's a beautiful thing. We're different. We're created in the image of Christ, both male and female, created in his image beautifully and fearfully and uniquely and wonderfully, wonderfully knitted in our mother's womb, each with a purpose, each with giftings, each with talents. Like if we can just get this, embrace this, and go, all right, how do I walk this out? Wow. It's freeing. It's very, very freeing. But we're in the world, and this culture is trying to really confuse this issue, isn't it? I mean, we could get into a whole lot of conversation on that. Who is really man? Who is really woman? Who is a mix? Who is not? Who is this? Who is that? What are the roles? Okay, men and women are different. Here's some things that differentiate us. For men, these are statements that men have made. It's not personal, it's business. 
A woman would say, it's business and I take it personal. Okay? Men, I need to know if you're all in. Women, I'm all in unless something else comes up. <laughs> right? Because, you know, if the kids call or if something happens, you know, then I got to go. Okay? Uh, I value action and results over relationships. Women, I value relationships over actions. These are all not, they're not bad statements. They're fairly accurate statements, but they're not bad statements. But when you try to lump them in and you go, well, my statement's better, well, your statement's better, well, mine is this and mine is that, that's where the argument starts to ensue. If we can just go, okay, that's how you're going to see it, this is how I'm going to see it, it will lessen the argument of letting her lead. Uh, this book called The Male Factor is by Shanti Feldhahn. Uh, I took some of the quotes. Shanti interviewed, I don't know how many thousands of men to write this book. She went into corporate America, so there are some Christian and non-Christian responses and men that she interviewed for this book. But she just basically said, and here's the, the uh, subtitle, the, and it's up there, The Unwritten Rules, Perceptions, and Secret Beliefs of Men in the Workplace. Okay, so let's unpack some of these. Men must feel safe. Okay, as women, when we come charging in, in our I'm all that in a bag of chips mindset, okay, when we come charging in to the world that has primarily and predominantly been held by men and the roles that are held by men, when we come charging in with, well, you know what, you should have a woman on the leadership team and you should have a woman on the board and you should have, and where's the women at the table and why are there no women in this, okay, those are all maybe true facts, okay, but how you come charging into the room makes all the difference in the tone, in how you're heard, if you're heard. Because at a certain point, ladies, when we come charging in with all the right facts, the ears go down. The deafness starts to occur with the men around the table. Ken, I am not looking at you and I'm not picking on you right now. You have to just know that. Okay, but men have to feel safe. Safe in their role, safe in their marriage, and safe within their peers. I want to say something. Ladies, whether we like it or not, we have an influence, a nonverbal influence, and it is how we dress, it is how we converse, it is how we come into the room and stay in the room and, and bring our thoughts to the meeting. And it has nothing to do with what we've even said yet. If men are feeling at all threatened, first of all, in who they are, if you're wearing something that is causing a distraction, which a lot of things do, whether we like it or not, we can debate this one till the Lord returns. But if you're wearing something that is causing a distraction, okay, shame on you. Shame on you. If we are causing our brother to stumble and he can't even think about what we're having to talk about right now, then shame on us. Dress appropriately. That's first and foremost. When men don't feel safe in a meeting with you because they're wondering if my wife walked in or if, if someone walks in or if, if I'm feeling a little threatened or if my mind is distracted, guess what? They're not feeling safe. We own that one. I won't even let that one go to the men. We own that one. And we violate that one. We do. I'm just, I'm not going to stay on that one. Men value trust. Valuing people who fit with his 
own style, I intentionally grabbed this quote, these are all from the male factor, by the way, who fit with his own style and valuing loyalty. Leaders value, male leaders value loyalty. They do want to know that you're all in. They do want to know that you're showing up and that you're here. They may know that you have kids at home. They may know that you're going through things. They may know other things are on the back burner and on the side burner. But I'm telling you, they want to know that you're all in for whatever we're doing right now, whether it's a meeting or a project. Again, we're talking about a lot. I know there's a lot of roles in this room right now, but they want to know. I got your attention. You're loyal to it. And we're going to do some things. And we're going to look for those actions and results. Hurdling political correctness is like walking on eggshells. Okay, that was a biggie in this book, because here's the thing. All right, let's just say this. Men cannot t multitask like we do. We can think about a lot of things. We know this. I'm not picking on men. This is, you know, statistically and factually true. So when they're having to guard, oh, did I say that? And oh, oh she's offended. And oh, I didn't mean to offend you. And like, I've got a great example that I can't use. But if they say a word, but they're not actually meaning that word that has anything to do with, let's say, your body, um, but now they've said it because it was like, <gasps> okay, whoops, and yikes, and gosh, is she going to take that the wrong way? Okay, if they're constantly hypersensitive, sensitive is good. Hypersensitive, because there's a woman in the room, is the vibe you put off, okay? You either can, you know, hey, I always say that the extra 30 pounds of weight that I carry is skin. Because you know what? <laughs> like, I have some really thick skin. Working 20 years at Focus on the Family with all men around the table, I just like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you say. I mean, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you have to sort of get to that point where you're not the hypersensitive, the woman's in the room. We have to change how we say everything. Men are fearful of that. Men have difficulty coping with women's emotions at work. Fact. Fact. And do we have emotions, ladies? Yeah. Okay, pick the roller coaster, pick the day, pick the mood. I always say I haven't been cold since like 2009. Seriously, I am so hot. I'm hot, and then I'm cold, and then I'm hot, and then it's like, oh. But I don't try to broadcast that all the time. I mean, I do with you all, and Ken, my new best friend. <laughs> Ken, Ken, my new buddy over here, who now knows my perimenopausal cycle. <laughs> Yay. But, you know, it's just like, okay, leave that. Leave that. If we're here to work and we're here to get along and we're here to do some things, the last thing that our men in leadership need is to worry about what mood we're going to be in for the day, right? Okay, oftentimes emotions mean you're not thinking. Okay, this comes from the book of men. Now, we may not like all these comments, ladies, but this comes from thousands of men that she interviewed. Like, I can get so defensive on that statement right there. I am so thinking. Just because I'm emotional doesn't mean I can't think. But like even saying that, look at what happens. All of a sudden, I'm not making as much sense as it was. You know, I'm losing the right to be heard with you because I just so fired up. But guess what? When we do that, when our emotions are louder than our level-headedness, they've just started to write us off of, see, she's just being emotional. Okay? Okay. Next, men purposely compartmentalize emotions, such as defensiveness, fear, and uncertainty. So if you're ever in a meeting with a room full of men, they are not sounding like a hen party so much. 
You know, clack, 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 Like when all women are in the room, like, oh, what'd you have for supper? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Does anybody, did anybody Pinterest that? Because, oh, love that. What are you doing for Christmas? What do you all do for the holidays? Do you open your gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Oh, it's time for the meeting to start. Okay, let's start with the agenda. Okay, we can do that, right? That just is like women. We can do that. We can go all over the map. Men, though, they want to come in. They got a purpose. The meeting's going to start. Let's go through the agenda. Let's talk through them. And let's compartmentalize the emotions. And if I'm fearful or if another man draws out something in another man, they don't usually right then and there start having the conversation or the debate about it. It's kind of like, shut down. Just put that in my nothing box till later. They'll come home later and maybe unpack it if you're their wife. Do your husbands ever come home and go, oh, tell you about this man, to talk about this meeting today. You know, let me just tell, oh, and then Jerry, Jerry the jerk said, blah, 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 blah. Okay, they don't do it inside the meeting. What do they do? They compartmentalize it. Men compartmentalize emotions, fears, and uncertainties. They don't show that out there on their sleeve. They just don't. So when you are working alongside with or serving with men, you've got to remember some of these facts. Men feel that women makes mountain out of molehills. Oh, that's just wrong. Okay. Men view the female's randomness as a high risk in decision-making instability. Okay? Again, taking these quotes straight from the book. Now, we can talk this one through a little bit. I'm random. I'm random. I'm the queen of random. But in a role, a specific role, or an assignment that you've been given, if you are so random, men are translating that as you are high risk. You're either high risk for getting the task done, or you're high risk to the organization, or you're high risk to the man's reputation. Think about that. If you have a boss, a male boss that's over you, and he is your authority, if you are random and running around and all over the map and high emotions, he is fearful that you are risking his reputation or the organization, or in our cases, the church, right? So this is, this is real. This is real. Okay, instability, randomness, and uncertain emotions can equal the loss of job for men, thus threatening his provision to self and family. There's a, practically a whole chapter on this. This was a shocker for me. When I read this and thought, what? What? But you know what? When we think about it, when you really kind of boil it down, it does sort of make sense. If they are fearful that you're at risk of the project or the reputation or the bottom line, that means maybe they're going to be in question. That means maybe their boss, because somebody reports to somebody who reports to somebody, is going to say, you're not managing her well, or you're not managing that project well, which could reflect on him. He may be taking the hit, thus losing his job because of your randomness, right? Again, whether we like it or not, these are the facts that are coming straight out of the mouths of men. I'm saying these things to just help to unpack just a little bit, again, into the mindset before we do a couple things. Okay, next. The little things. So ladies, we need to get to the point, okay? 
we need to get to the point. Yes, we have a lot of words, but you need to be wise in when and where and how you're using all those words. We need to get to the point. Efficiency dominates. Get to the conclusion. Again, this came straight out of this book when they said, what do you just wish women would do when you're working with women? Get to the point, number one answer. Don't overreact, keeping molehills from turning into mountains. Let it go. They just wish women could let things go. Don't hold on to them. Don't bring it up later. And those of us who are married, does this ever happen when like maybe something has totally set you off right now or this week? And when does it come up? After you stew on it, right? It comes up later in conversation. And your husbands are saying, from this book, they're saying, my wife does this all the time, and the women I work with do this all the time. They'll bring up things that happened weeks ago, but now's a really good time to jab it in there and turn it just a little bit. And so they're saying, they just wish women could let things go. Don't take it personally. Don't attach your identity to it. Let's just move on down the road and keep working towards the task at hand. High maintenance. Okay, my addition, just don't be, just don't be that high, don't be high maintenance. Don't be the whiny this morning. I loved when Pastor Brady, when he and uh, Professor McKnight said, yappy, what were the words they were using? Yeah, yappy, women, negative, badgering, women, the new Roman, what were they saying? I've got my notes somewhere. Busybodies, what were some other words? What was it? Gossipy. Okay, so they're describing high-maintenance women, you know, and that's what they were saying, and that was the context even where Paul wrote, good night, just shut them up, you know, just, just don't let them talk. In fact, cover their heads and don't let them talk. Okay, that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of my translation. Why? Because they were just, mama, 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 mama. can't you hear it? Like I said, they're going, mm-hmm, I've been in the, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the soccer moms, that's my, you know, people I've worked with, you know, it's my family. I mean, you can all identify someone, if not yourself from every now and again, when you've just been that high maintenance, yappy, yappy, yappy. So that's where they're just saying, these men in this book are just saying, ah, oh, women are high maintenance. Okay, ladies, if the shoe fits, buy it. Okay, be confident without needing constant affirmation. This is another one. We tend, as women, to get our esteem, right, from how well we do, how well someone's noticed it, are we being recognized. Um, Pastor Brady, again, referring back to the morning, said, you know, just because he has now, and New Life Church has now said, okay, we've got pastors, you know, the name tag says pastor, which, by the way, this just scares me to death. Okay, there's a whole, that's a whole workshop on how that freaks me out. I'm sort of learning to walk in it. True confession. And everybody knows that. But because it's such a role and a responsibility, and I have a huge respect and regard for that word. And so I'm humbled, but I'm also an appropriate fear of the Lord. <laughs> like, please don't let me mess this up. Please, please, idiot girl. Where's the name tag that says pastor on it? But Pastor Brady said, you know, just because you've got the name pastor or the title and fill in the blank, ladies, does not mean necessarily 
that that's, you're going to be preaching on Sunday or that you're going to be doing this, that, or the other. It's a matter of be confident in what you're doing today. Do well what you're doing today. Let the Lord promote you. Let the Lord move you along the line in the continuum. Let the Lord notice you or draw others to see what it is that you're doing, and you're doing it so well that then whoever it is, whether it's a man or a woman who is your authority, recognizes, wow, you're stewarding your responsibilities well. Because if you've ever been or worked with another woman who is constantly asking for the promotion or constantly saying, well, how come they never pick me? Well, how come, you know, I just want to be in a leadership position. Well, guess what? You probably need to serve over here a little while in order to earn that place. And it's better when we do it that way. But when we don't, we're just yammer, 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 yammer. And it's finally, it's that nagging drip, 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 that constant drip that then just says, oh, goodness, put a man in the role. Someone who's not so emotional and needing the positive affirmation all the time. Now, that doesn't hold true all the way. I'm making blanket statements. Okay. Men fear lawsuits. There you go. What we say, how we say, we got to be careful. Okay, men fear this. It's a fear. And that was one of the things in this book from the male factor that says working with women is sometimes frightening because they just don't know when or how or where they're going to set somebody off or that there'll be a lawsuit because of it. Sadly, that was one of the things noted. Okay, so perspective. If God has given us leadership gifts, he will hold us accountable for whether we steward those gifts well, period. Each of us, beautiful women in this room, I love all the ages and can. I love all the ages and seasons of life. I could go around this room right now and say, okay, give me, give me, all right, Marlene, give me a spiritual gift. Something the Lord has gifted you with. Prayer. Intercession. Okay. You. Mercy. Beautiful. You. Teaching. Okay, right then and there. Okay, so what if I say, hey, Marlene, I want you to teach, and I want you to take your gift of mercy, and I want you to pray, and we could probably do that. You know, we can, we can, we can navigate in those places. But why step out of something that she has, that she has, that she has, when I can walk in what he's given me and do it with competence and confidence because the Lord has given me this or he has called me to this. And then as I have worked and walked through this season maybe, then I can step into a new season and add to my uh, resume, if you will, or my listing of things and ways that the Lord is allowing me to serve him. But as women, boy, we get way down into this one of comparisons. You know, she's this, she's that, she leads, she goes there. How come she gets, oh, if she, if I could only have her fill in the blank, life or ability or gifting. If we can steward what the Lord has given us and give it back to him in such a way that says, may you be glorified. May you be glorified. Then, as the time comes, a let her lead might be you. A let her lead might be an invitation to the table or an invitation to the team or an invitation to more responsibility. 
But if you were just yapping your way there and comparing your way there, and how come she gets to, and how come we're going to not do justice, one, as women, we're not walking in confidence of who the Lord's called us to be, and we're going to close their ears as we have to work and get to work with men around us, okay? Romans 12, 6, 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I mean, right there it is. And you can fill in today's whatever, occupations or roles. Some of us are mothers, some of us are not. Some of us have worked outside of the home. Some of us work inside the home. Some of us are in various levels, if you will, of authority and responsibility. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if we will just seek the Lord on it and go to him for it, he will receive the glory. Okay, so here's the big help screen. Help. Okay, how do we work with men? Like, how do we do this, ladies? How do we lead? We've identified that letting her lead is not necessarily from man. It's from God. But men primarily hold the roles of authority in most of the places where we interact and where we work. So letting her lead, we are the her, Lead is whatever we've been called to do, and the letting is God allowing and requiring and purposing you, okay? So how do we do that? How do we work with these men? Well, the first, I can ask the creator of men how to handle them. So translation, prayer. Prayer. How do we work with men? How do we gain responsibility? How do we live in a world? I love the question, and I don't know if you're in here, but the lady at the end of the session who said, I have gifts and talents, and I think she was a worship leader, but she said, my church does not allow for, she's allowed to take, uh, have a one minute on stage behind the platform. There you are, the platform. God bless you. I loved that question. So platform to take offering and do communion, and then that's it, right? I want to challenge you. Pray. I loved Pastor Brady's answer. You know what? If you're not able to fulfill and walk out what you feel the Lord has gifted you, given you, purposed in you, given you the skills to do, and you truly do feel like you are in a, a glass ceiling in that environment, then prayerfully, humbly, try to talk with them. But you may have to go, I got to go somewhere else. I am squelched. I am smothered. That's your choice. Some of us have choices. Some of us don't. Some of us, and this is a whole other workshop, some of us are in those marriages where that is our husband that's representing the squelched box that we're living in. Another workshop. But what we have to do first and foremost, I want to challenge all of us, pray for the men. Pray for these men. God created these men. He knows these men better than we do. It's a beautiful triangle when we can shoot up and say, Lord, he's yours. Lord, this is yours. 
pray for them, pray over them, and then let the Lord come down. Let the Lord and Holy Spirit talk to him about that. Because here's the deal. We all have to face the Lord one of these days. I don't want to have to answer for what he did and how he responded to certain things. I have to answer for what I did. And when I face the Lord, I want him to say, thank you for praying through that, praying for him in spite of him. So prayer. I represent Christ, and the impression I make reflects on him. Ladies, as we are putting forth all of our femininity and our wonderful things about being a woman and the diversity and the emotions of us and the fun uniqueness, I love your hair. Wow, she's got fun hair. Okay, love. Love the diversity of all of us. Guess what? We are uniquely and fearfully representing Christ in how we respond. If we're that woman that nobody wants to have the meeting with because yammer, 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 and she's just going to be climbing the ladder and beating her way to the top and bringing up everybody else who's been there and why isn't she there and all the things, the impression is going back to the Lord. Remember that. That's a healthy fear of the Lord right there. How I work is just as important as what I do. Again, it doesn't matter if I am, my role is vacuuming this carpet every day. Every day, that is in my ministry. That is my role, that is my ministry. I work unto the Lord. I seek first his kingdom and I work and maybe he's got me here, carpet cleaning, so that I can just pray. Pray for everybody who walks on this carpet. Whatever it is that you're doing, ladies, whatever it is that the Lord's put in front of you, Use it as a beautiful opportunity to pray through it, to say, Lord, how can I show others you, not me? How can I steward well what you've called me to do in order, Father, to keep continuing to walk out? He will bless that. He blesses tone. He blesses heart. I must balance my life. No one else is going to do it for me. Know your roles. Know your boundaries. You know, the whole thing, um, can you have it all? I think women can have it all. I just don't think you can have it all at once. I truly do. I think the Lord allows us these beautiful seasons of growing up and singleness and learning and different things. And then if we're blessed to be married, then that's a season. If we're blessed to have children, that's a season. Oh, and aren't we blessed when empty nest comes, ladies? Can I get an amen? Oh, oh, amen. Okay, that's a season. It's a glorious season. Whoever gave that a bad rap needs to just be smacked right in the mouth. Because seriously, wow, empty nest, awesome. Okay, then grandbaby season. Uh, right now, you know, what are some of your titles? If you're working, give me just some titles. Paralegal, okay? Nurse, office manager, preschool teacher, okay? Admin, okay? pastor. Okay. How are you balancing the roles as a woman? How are you doing this? Is it a frustration some days? Yeah. Who is helping you to balance these roles? You are. You're the first primary caregiver of yourself, right? So I put this in here to say sometimes we just want what other people have for the sake of wanting what other people have, whether that's a job or the season that they're in or, you know, because everybody wants what we have. 
Well, I mean, let's just face it. Everybody wants to get these kids raised up under the Lord, get them married off to Christian men and women, and then we want that emptiness because then we can watch whatever we want, eat whatever we want. Oh, it's glorious. But I digress. The balance. We have to walk in our seasons. And when we're walking in competence, in confidence, we're walking out, we're being good stewards of whatever the Lord has for us right now. Be a good steward over your children when they're little. Be a good steward over your marriage. Be a good steward over the patients that you have, the students that you have, the legal documents, the families that you're representing. When those papers come across your desk, be a good steward over each one of these things. This is one of the responsibilities when we talk about let her lead. This is unto the Lord. We have to be good stewards of what the Lord has put in front of us without always looking and comparing to all the other things that we want. You can catch more flies with honey. Well, there's a big revelation. There's deep, deep thoughts from L.A. May Clampett right there. You just do. Ladies, your tone, communication. Okay, communication. 70% of communication is my tone. Okay? 20% is my words. 10% is my body language. Okay. So I'm going to pick on, I can pick on Christina. All right, I'm going to say something. Christina, you look so nice today. Okay. What did I say? Okay. Did I mean it? Yeah. Christina, you look so nice today. What's the difference? Tone. Said the exact same words. And if we were close enough, I could do a little, you know, snap and head shake. Well, you sure look nice today. Even though she looks so rockin' hot today. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, but, okay, tone. When you are working with men, when you're talking with men, when you're talking to your boss, when you're talking to your husband, when you're talking to your sons, mamas, ladies, women, coworkers, tone is everything. Tone says everything to anyone who's listening. We have to remember that we catch more flies with honey, meaning, and I'm not saying be manipulative, I'm just saying don't come in with your tone and your attitude front and center, okay? Tone, set the tone. Be the leader, lead in how things get done because you've set the appropriate tone for things to happen within your sphere of influence, right? Okay. And the last slide, the Job principle. Anybody who knows me knows that this is weird, but Job is my favorite. I just love the book of Job. It's not my favorite book, but it's right up there. The book of Job. Because here's the thing. One, poor Job. Poor Job. Can we just commiserate with poor old Job? Man, what a bad rap. But here's the thing. Job chapter 1, first three verses. What a revelation of what happened. God is having a conversation with the enemy. And he says, you know, basically, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? Saturday, what are you up to today? <laughs> well, I just thought I'd prowl around the world and see who I could attack and see who I could mess with. And so the Lord throws Job straight under the bus. Have you considered my servant Job? What? Okay, do you all read that like that and go, oh, no, you didn't. He did. He threw Job straight out there. Have you considered my servant Job. 
Job didn't know what was about to happen, but the Lord did. So here's my philosophy, the Job principle. Anything and everything that happens to us has first gone through the Lord's filter. It has. It straight up does not catch him by surprise. It doesn't. Even when we think everything, even when we do everything the way we think, even when we have the right tone and the right communication and the right motive and the right heart and the right resume and the right everything and the right name tag, and it says it, I'm a pastor, doesn't that mean XXX, right? And what I get to do? Even when we do everything the way we think, it still goes through God's filter for our good and for his glory. So we can be really bitter about the role that we don't have. We can be really bitter about the responsibilities that we should have that no one has recognized us for. But here's the thing. It's gone through the Lord's filter first. So if you don't get it, guess what? It's gone through the Lord's filter. If you do get it, guess what? It's gone through the Lord's filter. If it turns out the way you want, Lord's filter, filtered it first. If it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was supposed to, and I gave all these years to that organization or to that team or to that church, and I still didn't get to lead, guess what? Still gone through the Lord's filter. We don't get to choose the what. We just have to walk it out. We have to walk it out knowing and trusting that it's gone through his filter first for our good. He may have a lesson of humility, of learning. He knows what's around the corner that we don't know. So, for our good and for his glory. Questions, thoughts? We've got like five minutes. Yes. Please. John and Stacy Eldridge, yeah. Captivating and Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so the Eldridge's book, she's saying, has really helped her open her eyes to the differences between male, female, pursuit, passions, how we're wired, truly. Totally, and we are. We are totally different. And yet this world has so collided the roles that it's equal everything, equity everywhere, you know, which I'm all for. I'm all for, you know, being allowed to vote and wearing pants. Thank you. But, you know, but we can take anything to the extreme. But when we start just getting so confused here, then we don't know how to raise up our daughters in knowing who they are, in, in, in knowing whose they are, and our sons in knowing who they are and their roles. As men and or women have leadership positions or authority over anyone, hopefully as mamas we have trained these kids up to be able to honor and respect that each one brings beautiful giftings, beautiful giftings to the table. Other, yes. Sure. Uh, okay, let me just recap for in case and for recording. Basically, nutshell version is she scores high on her Myers-Briggs as a dominant uh, personality, a type A driven personality, get her done kind of girl, right? And uh, that can be a threat in some scenarios, in some environments. And yet, she is also fully female, fully emotional, and sometimes you have triggers where it's just there it is. And she says, what do I do with that? How do I rein them in? Um, two things. One, one you're, who you're with is important to note. She's an Air Force chaplain. Now, I'm not military, but I can imagine that if you are in a briefing, that is probably not the time to, <laughs> you know, that's just not the time. So you do have to suck it up, cowgirl. you got to cowgirl it up just a little bit, right? I mean, I hate to say that, but that's the reality. If you're sitting in a briefing and you are going around the table and you are all men and it is, we just need to get to the report and get this done, you probably are going to have to pull it back a little bit and say, Lord, just right on my tongue. How many times a day, do an hour do I say that? But, okay, right on my tongue, right on my emotions, help me pull it back, okay? But here's the thing. What if you can't? What if you just flat out can't? Then, Lord, help them understand, truly, I am female. What I'm showing you is not a weakness. They may perceive it that way. Let's speak the reality here. They may be perceiving it that way. But the reality is I have feelings. People were killed. So I'm going to ask you if that happens, ladies, you may have to unpack it a little bit. You know what, guys? Excuse me for just a minute. 
These are real people. These are not just statistics on a paper. These are real people. These are real families. And you know what? My heart breaks for them. It's okay to be fully female. We just have to sometimes watch and guard and put some boundaries and look for appropriate ways and times to be able to do that. I hope I didn't just talk out of both sides of my mouth because there's going to be situations where you do have to cowgirl up and then there's times when it's like, I just got to give a little bit of explanation to it. Okay? Yes? Let me try to recap that. She's saying, um, kind of along with what you said, if you are feeling like, gosh, I do have a lot that I bring to the table, um, is that going to be dominant? And in this setting of men in leadership and now working with men, do I have to talk like them, think like them? Because now hearing these facts about what they're thinking and how they're perceiving, do I have to change just so I fit in, so that I can sit at the table or have a role at the table? Um, no, and here's why. It's one thing to understand it, okay? To understand it gives you, I hate the word power, but it puts the power in your camp of understanding and, and deciding, okay, these are who I'm working with. This is what's going on. How and what you do with that power is back up to you to understand. Be who you are, but here's the other reality that I just have to put as an overlay on this. What they said this morning, the church is about 20 years behind letting women lead, being behind a podium and preaching or having roles of what some of us would perceive as only a male role. Okay, so part of it is you, you don't get to just walk in and go, well, okay, I'm feeling very skilled and confident and competent in my role, so move over, buddy. That, again, is attitude, it's tone. Your power as a woman and the authority that, the God, that God has given you is to assess who you're working with and walk it out, walk it out with who you are. But it doesn't mean you have to conform. It doesn't mean that you have to now talk like man, you know, wear a tie, bring a It doesn't mean that. It just simply means know your audience, know what the Lord's gifted and given you to bring to the table, and know to, how to appropriately manage that. Does that make sense? You know, I'd love to say you just have to. I mean, the, the men are going to be the men. And here's the thing. If this were the female factor, and Ken was the, in a room full of men and there was one woman in here, they could talk about, do, so do I have to go in and talk about what I had for supper last night? 
You know, if men were having this dialogue and they said, you know, do we have to just talk about, like, where'd you get that fun ring? That is so fun. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Men, you know, if we were forcing them or telling them you've got to fit into the woman's world, they'd go, no. But do they need to understand us? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. That is great. Just in case you didn't hear that. In her role as a chaplain, she has to learn how the airman thinks. She has to learn the mindset and the responsibilities of the airman so she can better serve the airman. Last question. Uh, so she's saying she's not the girly girl, she's a tomboy. So how does she stand up to those who try to push her back over into the spa girl reputation, right? You don't. Why do you need to? Okay, so she says, because if I don't, I don't get to do anything. With whom? The different ministries. Um, try different ministries. I mean, if... Seriously, if you are being put in the box and they're not able to recognize and see you for who you are, you are beautiful, okay? You are beautiful, you are gifted, you are talented, you are created uniquely. You don't have to wear blingy bling rings. You don't have to do fun things in spa. You were created to be you. If someone is not seeing that, getting that, appreciating that, and helping you to nurture and grow that, that's not your problem and your, that's not for you to have to solve. It is for you, though, to have to figure out and go, I'm being squelched here. I'm being put into a box here. So prayerfully, Lord, can you show me a different way? Prayerfully, Lord, can you change how they're seeing me? Can you change how they're trying to put me in this box? Lord, is there an opening here? Am I an agent for the change that they need? Then give me the humility. Give me the voice. Let me earn the right to be heard. Let me speak into this with grace, not with me, 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 But can I speak into this, Lord? Can I bring glory to you? Am I learning lessons? Are there things here for other people to see? Absolutely. The Lord's going to use us where we are if we will just see it that way. But don't get caught up in, I have to be like someone else and I have to be a man in a man's world. The sad reality is sometimes, I want to come back to you, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it is because that's just how they are. And sometimes men have, feel like they have to be my best friend. No, be my husband. That's a whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we could talk on this for days, but I know that everybody's got to go. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I would love to hear from you. I truly would love if you've got feedback, thoughts, questions. I'm the only Yvette at New Life Church. I'm Ymar, M-A-H-E-R at newlifechurch.org. I'd love to hear from you and talk to you all. Bless you, bless you. Let me just close this out in prayer. Father, oh, as we look to these hills that we can't see, but they're behind us. Lord, as we look to the hills, where does our help come from? Our help comes from you. You who never slumbers, you who never sleep. 
Father God, you hold us in your righteous right hand, and we look to you to help us to walk out who we are in you, for you, for your reputation, Lord, in the roles you've put us in. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.